Welcome to the Modern IT Podcast with your host Christian and Michael. Hello Michael, how are you? Hi Christian, I'm fine and how are you? I'm fine. Now, did you watch uh, Ignite? Yes, I did. I tried to follow it as much as I could. It yeah. was really interesting, but still missing the interaction. Did you watch it? Not uh, much, sadly. I had a lot of work to do, so but I watched some sessions. Yeah, you had to jump on. You, you worked all day, and then you watched Ignite all all night ignite all night yes yeah so but it wasn't really it didn't feel like you got the the complete experience and uh, it's nice that it's online but i can still miss is the physical <laughs> event yeah but you've been there i haven't been there so it would be very nice to uh, go over there for one event it's kind of a must-do for a IT geek. Yeah. The company is going to have to pay up soon. Put me on a plane. It's an investment on all sides. It's an investment in you. It's an investment in them also. So. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. You looked at the stuff afterwards? or? Yeah, I tried to. Uh, like I said, I did have a lot uh, at work, so... But I watched some sessions and I did uh, went through some recaps as well. Okay. So did you find anything interesting? So I've been looking into Azure Arc. We have been using it uh, in the project I'm working on. Azure Arc extends uh, Azure management to infrastructure resources such as Windows and Linux servers, SQL servers, and Kubernetes, Kubernetes clusters. And, and there's a new feature called Azure are enabled SQL servers. So now you can uh, see, you can track the inventory of SQL servers across uh, on-premise edge sites and multi-cloud in one view. Uh, so that's uh, interesting. You can also use the Azure Security Center to produce reports of vulnerabilities. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. So the whole management uh, story is really coming together with uh... The hybrid setup. Yeah. You have, uh, you use Azure Arc for the hybrid, uh, for all the <laughs> legacy stuff, <laughs> yeah. if you will, or all, all the, the stuff on-premises. So. Yeah, all the stuff you can't move from on-premise. Uh, it's pretty good to be able to have it uh, in Azure as well. And here you can assign policies and other stuff to those services as well. So... Maybe it's not the most sexy news, but it's uh, it's usable news. It is. It's uh, as we said before. Like the hybrid is here. Uh, early days. I actually tweeted during uh, during Ignite that uh, there's a lot of talk about we that Azure was built with uh, hybrid in mind. But if you go back to the early days, there was a big push about cloud only. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. uh, then reality, reality came and then you have to manage both. Yeah. Then it became hybrid. Yeah. 
so hybrid is is the way to go and uh, from um, Microsoft Azure Arc is the way that that they kind of put everything together yeah uh, did you look into something uh, in particular yeah I kind of uh, I actually while looking at all of the sessions I did, really didn't grasp all of it so I'm pretty happy that they actually released the book of news. Uh, there was some yeah. uh, theories that there will, wouldn't be a book of news, but they actually released one and it's really nice that you, you have this now. So yeah. we, we're going to add that in the show notes, of course, and probably all of the other recaps from Ignite <laughs> has the book of news in them. Yeah. But um, so what I kind of focused, I love all the new stuff, uh, like all the AI and cognitive services and all of those. But the more practical parts that kind of comes naturally is the infrastructure. And uh, there you have the auto manage for virtual machines. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did look into that one a bit. How do you how do you feel for this? No, it's really nice, I think, because <clears throat> if you eventually you're gonna have this uh, self-playing piano <laughs> uh, when you deploy something into the cloud, and uh, you don't you don't have to think about patching or or securing vulnerabilities, etc. Uh, everything is just uh, automatically fixed for you, or you will get notified of something that needs to be done and then you just have to approve it or deny it. So it's really, it, it's a it's a nice feature. And if you don't have two critical services, I think this is a good solution. How do you feel this compares to just using the standard Azure policies? You can configure most of the settings through that one. What do you feel? is the uh, big advantage, advantage over the old way well the auto manage is uh, is a bit uh, is a step uh, deeper than just you yourself pushing some policies or setting some policies on on the subscription level uh, auto manage actually looks at the, yeah about about the, the operation the run operation so and it monitors if if your configuration drifts and uh, corrects it and uh, as they said it's a point and click and forget yeah i looked through some configurations there was like two uh two default templates one for production and one for uh, development and it uh, looks interesting fixes backup and uh, even uh, antivirus uh, settings and uh, such and a hell of a lot more. It's part of the whole, uh, yeah. And if you if you look at it from a from operations point of view, it's when you onboard a, a new machine to the to any service, uh, you want to have it in your monitoring setup. You want to have backup for it. You want to have it in the in the patching schedules. And if you then enable them with auto manage you pretty much get all of that uh, without having any extra settings yeah without the hassle exactly so that's a step 
again that providing you to make it really easy to use cloud yeah that is one uh, feature i'm going to look into and learn more about it's um i think it's early days so a lot of feedback when you use it it's probably gonna uh, make this service much better in the future but yes uh, yes it's public preview if if i missed to say that uh, i don't think you said that no but yeah it is and did you look into show to me and if you want to extend that you have the admin center and now it's integrated into the azure vms previously you had to set that up uh, and uh, do some configurations and open ports etc so now it's uh, more integrated in the azure vms and it's uh, easier to get started with and if uh, have you used admin center i'm using it to among other things, patch uh, core servers. It's pretty, pretty easy. Yes, and uh, yeah, so that's now integrated in Azure VMs. Right. By default. There was some news about the Azure Resource Mover as well, that you can move resources across regions, regions from uh, resource groups. Did you have a look at that one? Yeah, I I kind of looked at it and I thought, okay, this this probably helps people. That started early with cloud and uh, now they want to let's say clean up and they want to move resources around if you kind of and deployed something and you uh, named it wrong or you have too much in the same resource group or you put stuff in the wrong region etc but when i looked at it uh, a little bit deeper it's uh, it's more a help if you're gonna if you need to move to data centers for, uh, for data residency needs, and it uh, gives you a, a one, what's it called, pane of a single pane of glass, if you want to manage migrations. Uh, so yeah, it it looks really nice actually, and uh, probably a big help for if you want to switch regions. Yeah. They, for example, if you want to move one VM from one place to another, you have to think about all the networking and naming and all of that. And this this probably helps you a lot with that. Yeah. Gives you a a checklist of stuff that yeah does a prerequisites check before you do the move and kind of assist you with what needs to be fixed, etc. Yeah, there are some people that's gonna be happy about this one. <laughs> Probably it's a it's a tool that has came to life due to a lot of feedback. Yeah, and also I think it's an evolution of of the companies that they bought uh, like one one and a half two years three years ago maybe I don't recall. Move there. Yeah. Uh, so. This this is probably an, an one of the end results of that. Yeah, that's a company they bought for like two years ago or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you have a chance to look into Windows Virtual Desktop? Well, I think that's one of uh, was. It felt like it was one of the more pushed services, uh, and I haven't actually looked into it. Uh, reason is that. <clears throat> 
Microsoft kind of burned me with the, they had this <laughs> service uh, in the beginning that they called the remote app. Do you yeah. recall that service? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there was some, I had some customers that made some investments there and all of a sudden they just discontinued the service and said that they're going to go over to Citrix and uh, do a partnership with them. And uh, all of a sudden this virtual Windows uh, virtual desktop came to life and uh, in the beginning, well, not in the beginning, just some month ago, there wasn't any management plane for it you had to do everything in powershell but now it's actually really coming together yeah uh, what i've good. seen but yeah. but i'm i'm trying to stay away from it because uh yeah i don't have uh, actually i don't have any projects touching this yet right well there was uh, one new feature called start vm on connect so basically if you have a lot of uh, uh, virtual machines running and no one's logged on to them they can be shut down and when the first person wakes up in the morning and connects to the vm it will automatically boot up so you can log on okay so it saves you some cost also yeah it saves cost yeah i saw something about uh, the having this um, app uh, app connect or what was it app called? attach App attach, yes. That looked interesting as well. It's based on the MSIX uh, app attach, so uh, exactly. you can mount the mount a VMX with an application and distribute distribute on the fly to to users. Pretty cool. Yeah. Makes the <laughs> golden yeah, it makes the golden image uh, cleaner as well. It doesn't have to be a lot of application on. And this is definitely a service that, uh, let's say, has had a, a peak of usage now when everyone needs to be working remote. Exactly. Probably why they are putting a lot of effort into it. Talking of uh, which, uh, there was, <laughs> it felt like uh, the biggest things at Ignite, of course, Teams. Teams was probably the star of the show. <laughs> Yeah, and, I didn't uh, even watch it. No, I try not to see all of it, but it was hard to ignore because it was everywhere. All of the great features that they put into Teams. It's also pretty annoying because everything that they showcased is that this is coming <laughs> soon. This is coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> so they showcased all of the good, uh, good improvements, but nothing that we can use yet. Uh, but yeah, Teams has also been one of those uh, tools that they put a lot of effort in since everyone's working remote now. Yeah, there's money to be made since a lot of people are working from home. Um, another thing that, that was kind of interesting was the big push for the Power Platform and uh, something that they they kind of talked about for a couple of years, this democratizing everything, democratizing AI and having low code application development and no code application development it kind of evolves now into this citizen developer and power up uh, power platform. I think it's a combination of, of products, but they showcased some uh, apps that Toyota has produced with this service. 
and uh, well these services and uh, it's a big uh, big push from them now so it was really interesting to see all of that okay is Are there anything that you have looked at uh, well i went through uh, a lot of videos on uh, recaps but uh, i think i've lifted the ones that i that i thought about yeah this was uh i, I also it's nothing that I usually get in touch with during my day-to-day -day work, but it was such a heavy push, so it's interesting to see. And uh, Microsoft is it's part of the, their motto or their business goal to empower everyone to achieve more. I had a conversation uh, with a customer as well about uh, uh, Ultra Discs. Uh, and I love the fact that they are released, but you cannot take backups of them. So if you are utilizing ultra disks, uh, Microsoft Backup can't take backups of your VM. Okay. So was was that part of the, the Ignite news that they released the ultra disks? No, the they re no, they released them uh, before some months ago, uh, but they're not available in all regions yet. But uh, yeah, the backup thing is uh, kind of a showstopper, isn't it? <laughs> well, if you're going to do production, yes. Yeah. You could probably use it in a, some kind of a, I don't know, process or calculation mode or something. Yeah, yeah. For those uh, scenarios, they, it would work. As long as you don't have to uh, save the data that's on there, it's fine. Did you think uh, this Ignite was... Uh super cool with uh, a bunch of new news yes both yes and no as i said i kind of missed some of the the news during the actual ignite so when i went through the book of news i was like oh i missed i missed that one i missed that one so i don't know if it was the format of the ignite that made it or if it was just me being I've yeah. uh, been sitting in front of the screen for two weeks in a row, so I kind of zoned out or something. Yeah, I'm just asking since I didn't have the time to uh, watch as much as I wanted to. So it's uh, interesting to hear how others uh, perceived the event. I haven't seen any numbers yet about how many attendees they had registered. Just know that they consider it a big success. But Probably okay. they have. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, there is a new Ignite soon again. What was it? May? Uh, in March, I think. March. They said, yeah, in March. Yeah. And uh, they have of officially said that all of the conferences until July 2021 are online. So, yeah. depending on world situation, next year, early next year or mid next year. Uh, maybe there will be new, more conferences at the end of the 2021. You can physically attend. Uh, any other news, Michael? Yeah, I kind of uh, looked at this opera backup center. Did you see that news? No. What's uh, the so, news? Well, if you if you have done backups on VMs in in Azure, yep. you have this uh, recovery services vaults. And you could uh, basically have many. There was a limitation about, I think, 250 
DMs per recovery vault before. Uh, now I think it's a thousand. But if you have many DMs, you probably don't want to put all thousand in a single recovery vault. Because if something happens, for example, a malware that affects all of your VMs and you want to do a restore, then you have it on this single DPM, shared DPM resource, and then it gets throttled. Yeah. Uh, I heard some stories about that. But anyway, now this uh, backup uh, center is... So if you had 100 recovery vaults and you want to know the status, then you had to go into each and one of them. And the backup center gives you an overview of all of it. So like a single unified management experience for all of it. We oh. also can, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, change your policies, etc. So I think that's a huge improvement. Yeah, that's progress. Yeah. It is here again. Well, that was some of the news. There were uh, a lot more. And... Uh, we urge you to uh, check in Book of News. We will have a link to it in the podcast, uh, as there are much more to learn. Yeah, <laughs> we can't go through all of the news uh, that, that they released at Ignite. So let's just keep it short and uh, yeah. keep you interested for the next episode. Thanks for this time, Christian. Thank you, Michael. Take care.